Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Equities or bonds, gold or gilt? As we start 2010, investors will be wondering what to do with their money. I spoke to Kevin Gardner, Head of Investment Strategy for Europe, the Middle East and Africa, at Barclays Wealth, to get his thoughts. So the FTSE has rallied quite strongly in 2009. Where do you expect it to be at the end of this year? Well, we think it can rally further in 2010, and we're penciling in an index level for the end of the year. A very dangerous thing to do, I know, but we're penciling in a level of about 5,800. Now, the gains in prospects from current levels compared to the gains that we've seen in the last part of 2009, of course, are relatively modest, but we do feel that further gains are quite likely, and we're keeping an open mind as to the balance of risks surrounding that target. I think the market is as likely to finish above it as it is to finish below it. And do you expect to see a return to risk for investors? Very, very slowly, I think we can see that risk appetite is returning to the way that uh, investors are behaving. And you can see that reflected in the pattern of asset prices we've seen in recent weeks. So, for example, the fact that equities have been rallying while government bond yields uh, have been rising, that's a very visible indication that risk appetite is beginning to return to the market. Uh, In the jargon, you can almost see on a daily basis the implied equity risk premium dropping as investors do return to uh, equity investing. Do you have any tips for investors as to where the opportunities might lie in 2010? Well, we think opportunities in 2010 probably lie most visibly in the equity area. And perhaps contentiously, we're thinking that it's not so much emerging market equities that are most attractive at the moment, but developed equities, essentially because these have been overlooked almost. The emerging market story has been very popular. Those markets have risen a long way. They're not particularly cheap anymore. But European, UK, US equities, by local standards, are looking quite inexpensive. So some of the best opportunities, we think, will actually lie in the equity areas and in developed markets in particular. Uh, Sectors such as technology, uh, telecoms, uh, pharmaceuticals, some cyclical sectors, we think will continue to do reasonably well. We think commodities as an asset class looks quite interesting. It looks quite interesting because we're going into the recovery phase of the global economy. Commodity prices have risen some way already, of course, but they haven't risen sensationally just yet. And this cycle will be a very intensively commodity using cycle because China is growing very quickly. As many people know, China is a big user of commodities and we think that will underpin uh, demand for commodities and underpin commodity prices. Some corporate bonds we think will also continue to do quite well. Our emphasis at the moment is at the higher yield 
area within the uh, credit markets. And we're thinking there that uh, high-yield spreads have already come down a long way, but they're still wide enough to offer quite a bit of a cushion against the likelihood of an underlying increase in government yields. And that cushion will allow investors to benefit from the relatively attractive yields that those assets hold. So for us, those would probably be the main picks. And our least favorite area would be long-dated government paper and, to some extent, cash, where we think the returns on offer are simply... uh, too small to uh, compensate investors for leaving liquidity in, in place. And what about gold? That's been very popular in the last six months. Where do you expect the gold price to go? I think in the last six months, the two areas we've had more questions about from our clients than anywhere else, uh, firstly real estate, uh, where we have a, a fairly cautious view and we're cautiously optimistic about the UK commercial real estate sector not the residential sector. It's very difficult to invest in the residential sector uh, to begin with, and valuations there are still quite high. So real estate has been a tremendously interesting area, and of course, uh, gold has been a very, very hot topic. Uh, Now, our view on gold, I'm afraid, is actually uh, quite a clear one at the moment, and it's a negative one. We think that gold has already risen a long way. If we look at the long-term charts, we find that it's not always a very good hedge against moderate inflation. And a lot of the reasons that people have been using to buy gold. Understandably, for much of the last 18 months, I guess, we've been facing a financial crisis, an economic crisis. Gold is almost an investment panic button. People buy it because they want a safe haven. As the world stabilizes, which is our central central view, then the, the need to buy such a safe haven will fade. And with gold prices in real terms already looking quite high, we think that the price on a one-year view is more likely to fall significantly than to rise. You tend to favour equities for 2010, is that right? Equities would be our favourite asset class, uh, both for the UK and uh, globally. And we favour equities essentially because we're moving into the equity-friendly part of the business cycle and because we think that equities as an asset class were most beaten up uh, in the crisis that we've just, uh, we've just lived through. If you look back for the UK and the US over the entire previous decade, in fact on some comparisons, if you go back two decades, you can find that equities have underperformed government bonds quite materially uh, in the last decade, more so than in any other rolling 10-year period for which, we've got, uh, for which we've got records. That prolonged period of equity underperformance at some stage will come to an end and we think this is a very favourable stage of the business cycle and the longer investment cycle um, from which to be viewing equities because we think some of that underperformance is indeed beginning to come to an end and we're expecting outperformance going ahead. So we've talked about some of the opportunities for investors but what are the big risks that investors need to be aware of in 2010? The risks that we're facing in 2010, there there are many of them. I'm hoping and we as a team are hoping that the scale of the risks that we're facing is relatively minor uh, when compared to the awful financial and economic abyss that we thought we were facing uh, early in 2009. So there are many risks out there. The scale of those risks, we think, is more tractable than the scale of risks we faced early last year. Of the risks we're facing, personally, the one I'm most aware of, I think, is the need for interest rates at some stage to normalise. I mentioned earlier that a low level of short-term interest rates for the first half of this year is one of the reasons for quite uh, liking the equity market, for example, at the moment. At some stage, short-term interest rates will have to rise, and we think they will start to rise before the end of the year. If they rise sooner, some volatility could come back into markets. As I say, I think the risk is dealable with, we can live with that risk, it's tractable, 
And everything will depend on the sequency of events. If interest rates rise before markets and investors are convinced that the global economy has indeed stabilized and can live with a higher level of interest rates, obviously that will be bad news for many risky assets. Um, If instead interest rates rise only when it becomes clear that the economy, and in the United States this really means the labor market in particular, if interest rates rise only after it's become clear that the labor market is stabilizing, I think actually even equity markets can live with rising interest rates. But as I say, the sequencing is important. Interest rates are at very, very low levels, and we haven't been in exactly this territory before, so those risks do have to be taken quite seriously. That was Kevin Gardner, Head of Investment Strategy for Europe, the Middle East and Africa, on where to put your money in 2010. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.